0: Keep three. Back on Money Talk, I'm Andrew Work, and we are going now to our main man in Washington D.C. That is Barry Wood, RTHK's international economics correspondent. Barry, we got a good, good, uh, a good shot of Wood on the early part of the show, but we can't get enough, so we're <laughs> back for more. So Barry, yes, yeah. So Barry, um, a lot going on uh, in the U.S. Uh, market. Well, there's always lots going on in the U.S. market, but I mean the banking sector in particular was of interest. Everybody's concerned about the state of the U.S. economy, but you know, there's there's also the issue of uh, kind of fragmentation in global trade. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about what's going on with the use of the U.S. dollar as an international currency moving forward. I mean, it's it's the big hegemon um but i mean could it could it start to be eroded as we move forward
1: well you're right andrew it's been a it's been the dominant currency in international trade ever since the end of the second world war so that's getting on towards 80 years that's a very long run you know up until 1971 which is over 50 years ago the dollar was exchangeable from central banks mostly in europe into gold Mm. And then President Nixon, in August of 71, closed the gold window. And since that time, the dollar's value has been determined simply by supply and demand. And it's gone up, it's gone down, and over the last few years, it's been very strong. So what makes a currency popular in international trade? First of all, it has to have deep financial markets. The United States has that. Mm -hmm. London had that. The problem with London was the country essentially was broke after the Second World War. You sure. could even argue the problems were coming from the First World War. Mm. So the second element was that you had um, very, not only deep capital markets, but you had a strong rule of law and you had confidence that if you bought a dollar, you could in fact use that dollar to buy United States assets. So. Go back now just one year to when the Americans and the Europeans and the Japanese levied these sanctions against Russia because of its invasion of Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Those countries froze, I think the figure was 60 or was it 600, I have to look at my, my data, of Russian official reserves. In other words, money in the Russian central bank held for the Russian people and suddenly that was made frozen that the Russians couldn't get a hold of their own money. Mm -hmm. And I think that sent shockwaves. And then you had the sanctions on Western countries buying Russian oil. So what did the Russians do? They sold much more to India, much more to China, and they didn't use the United States dollar for all of those transactions. They used the Chinese renminbi. And that meant that the share of international trade that is handled in renminbi has doubled in the last year so sure. that's a very significant development and andrew if you look at the use of the dollar in international trade you get about well sixty percent of all international trade and official reserves are held in the united states dollars mm. but that's down from seventy three percent back in two thousand one mm. so the dollar is slowly going down not in value but in its usage and i should mention as well the second element is capital movements you know that's the investment in plant and equipment or in equity markets anywhere and you have to have a pool of dollars to do that or a pool of rmb mm-hmm. the problem with the rmb and why it's not yet ready for that second function in international transactions is that they don't have a complete open capital account. They don't have a system in which the use of renminbi is completely determined by the market. By, by choice? Largely.
0: By choice, right? I mean, the cho- that's, yes, that's, it that's is what the BPOC wants it, yeah.
1: Yeah, and if you're a, a critic in the United States or in Europe, you would say, well, that's because they want to hold the value of the RMB down so that they can sell more in international markets. But mm-hmm. that deficit of not having an open capital market is the reason that the RMB is not really ready for a for an explosive growth in international trade.
0: Right. I guess I guess also that, but the 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 idea that they do want to maintain capital controls, uh, people which people are always trying to avoid and you know kind of get the money out of China. Uh, whenever and, and however they can um, I mean so of course the RMB B is it looks like the natural even though you you know you kind of wonder where the euro missed a beat uh, in terms of replacing the US dollar they've never you know large market markets uh, for you know money markets everything they, they seem to have all the same factors but yeah, they just they just haven't performed up to potential it seems
1: well the real problem is they do have a, a European central bank that manages the euro currency but they have multiple financial centers and they don't have a centralized capital market and that is I think held back the use of the euro what what you're really talking about with the euro currency is you have a central bank but you don't have a government if they had one treasury official for all of the common market or the Eurozone, the euro area, that would probably boost the value of the euro. Plus, they've had the Ukraine war right on their continent, and that has depressed the value of the euro. Mm. The dollar has been very strong over the last two years. But let me get to the real point here, and that is yeah. the BRICS nations, that's, that's Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, they talk about wanting to have an alternative currency. Well, the only alternative currency is either the euro or the renminbi. There's not going to be a BRICS currency because you'd have to agree. And those countries I just mentioned could not, will not agree on one currency. Sure. A new currency. They may agree on the renminbi, but they wouldn't agree to create a new one. And they've got the the French. when, When... President Macron was in China just less than a week ago. He spoke of the exorbitant privilege that the United States dollar has. The problem is, if the dollar goes down, the dollar probably, if the dollar goes down in usage of international trade, the value of the dollar would go down. Mm -hmm. The United States has a very significant trade deficit and a very significant budget deficit. But so far, it's what Bill Gross of PIMCO used to call, we're the cleanest dirty shirt among all the currencies. <laughs> so the dollar remains strong. And I would predict it's going to remain relatively strong.
0: Well, uh, you know, and that, that reflects <clears throat> what I heard when I was in Washington uh, last year talking to a lot of people. I was talking about the uh, the People's Bank of China Central Bank digital currency, which I know a little bit about. Uh, and I, I found people in Washington were pretty sanguine about the continuing strength of the U.S. dollar. So and I guess we'll have to we'll have to leave it there. So thank you very much, uh, Barry Woods, uh, with a little bit of a uh, little bit of editorial and analysis on the continuing strength of the U.S. dollar in a in a multi-currency world. We appreciate Barry Wood uh, coming out and joining us every week on the show, normally on Wednesdays.